Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's podcast. As usual, I'll be starting out this week by drawing the winner for last week's giveaway, which is a Carby from Insurrection Industries. That's the GameCube plug-and-play HDMI solution. Uh, this works great with all models with the digital port. Um, obviously, you can't use that without a digital port GameCube. Um, and it also works well with uh, HDMI to component or VGA converters. I think um, a lot of people may have forgotten that you could use these HDMI solutions with analog output as well. Uh, so overall, it's a great choice, very cost-effective, um, even if you're getting an analog solution as well. So thanks very much to Insurrection Industries for donating this. Um, and also, lockdown looks like it's happening for at least a few more weeks, so I've got some pretty pretty cool things queued up. Uh, next week's going to be one that's kind of... I don't know, kind of special to me, if you will. So everybody pay attention on Sunday. Make sure to, to take a look at YouTube when these things go live and make sure to get your uh, make sure to get your entry in, I guess. But enough rambling. Let's jump in and draw the winner. OK, let's just pick a winner. I'm going to be doing it like I have the past few weeks in real time just to show everybody that this is all legit and there's no funny business. And I will be speeding this up so people who are listening uh, audio only don't have to wonder what's going on. <laughs> okay, Paul Ramos, congratulations. Uh, hope you enjoy the Carby. And, uh, you know, uh, really glad that people were able to participate this, and I hope it goes to good use. First up, the Fenrir Optical Drive Emulator for 20-pin Saturns has just had a firmware update that adds a few cool things. Um, it adds support for Action Replay and Pseudo Saturn Kai Karts uh, just by loading to the menu and then pressing C to boot to the cart, which I think is pretty cool. Um, it also allows you to have a scrolling user interface with a newer font, so it's easier to see games with longer titles. Um, and part of that user interface is it, it's within the overscan area. And that was really the only complaint that I had to the developer about the UI itself. And I didn't, I don't think I mentioned it in the review because I knew it was going to get fixed right away. Um, but depending on the monitor, you would get the first game in the game list cut off. Uh, but that seems to be completely and totally fixed now. Everything fits within the overscan area. Or I guess even if you're using an OSSC with custom timings and some overscan area cut off, that would be the same thing. So overall, it just seems like a pretty neat update. And firmware updates for this thing are super easy. You just drop a file on the SD card um, and boot it and wait. And that's it. And it doesn't take very long at all. There's no like plug in with USB or any of that stuff. You don't need a JTAG flasher. So uh, highly recommend if you own a Fenrir just update with this one and see if it works for you. The software emulation platform Emulicious just got support for MSX computers. And I thought this was pretty interesting because uh, the creator Calindra seems to have added this in just four weeks. 
So I know some of the architecture is similar to SMS, but that's still really impressive in my book. Um, also, for anybody that's unaware, Emulicious is a perfectly capable emulation platform for just playing games. However, its focus has always been developers, and it has a bunch of debugging tools and other things centered around it that really make it a great platform for people that want to do their own hacks, make their own games from scratch, and all that other awesomeness. So uh, if you're a fan of any of that stuff, please check out the links and download the newest version of Emulicious. Crix has just released the Game Boy Advance EverDrive X5 Mini, and the only difference between this and the original is its size. This one is now the size of an original Game Boy Advance cartridge and will not stick out at all. I think I have the other one right here, whereas the other one is a little bit taller and can stick out uh, the top. So it is only an aesthetic difference. The functionality is exactly the same. It's just the same thing in a smaller package. So I, I ordered one just for the heck of it. Um, I'll do a comparison cousin scott needed a new rom cart for his gba anyway so it worked out perfectly for everybody uh, and i'm sure it's going to be a very quick video because it's just going to be a comparison of how it looks in each one but if you don't yet own a game boy advance everdrive you might want to look into this and also i imagine as stock starts to go low uh, stores that had the original might put it on sale so hey maybe this is a chance for you to grab uh, the original x5 at a slightly discounted price whenever that happens but either way it's cool to see cricks continuing to to do stuff like this and i don't know why i know this is stupid i know it shouldn't make the slightest bit of difference but i always like it when a rom cart looks exactly like the original cartridge it shouldn't matter i know i just i like it so it's cool to see this Professor Abrasive has just posted that the Satiator, the Saturn optical drive emulator that's just plug and play, has now entered case production. Um, and I'm not really sure what that means. And respectfully, I'm not really sure what any of these updates mean in the past couple of months because it seemed like it was ready to go almost a year ago. And I did get beta units a while back. So I'm not really sure what the timeline is for everything. Um, it is a little frustrating because people have been backing this project for a while. And I, it's got to be frustrating for Professor Abrasive as well, because if he had gotten this thing out a year ago, he, he would probably have sold thousands of them. And now there is plenty of really good choices out there. So uh, I, I still hope to see this project become available soon. I still think it's a great way for people that don't want to mod their console or don't want to remove CD functionality in order to have a way to backup or to play backups and homebrew and stuff like that, uh, especially with certain awesome ROM hacks that have been released. I'll talk about one of those later on. Uh, so yeah, um, you know, I've seen a couple updates in the past few months. I haven't really written about too many of them because I'm waiting for a solid price and release date, which he still has not posted. So fingers crossed this thing is still happening, but uh, you know, if you if you're impatient like I usually am, and you don't want to wait, um, the the Fenrir is available now. If you have a 20 pin Saturn, the mode is going to be available very soon for all Saturns. Um, and then there's still that other one out there that's harder to get than the Satiator. So that doesn't count in my book. But there are other options out there, um, and I just I hope this thing sees the light of day sooner rather than later. This next one is super interesting, but I will admit from the start, I don't know much about it. It looks like a group of people have reverse engineered the network structure for the original Xbox Live, and they're potentially working on something that would allow people with original Xboxes to use it as if the original Xbox Live was still available. And for people that are unfamiliar, one thing that I do know is not 
all games were able to be played throughout a LAN. Um, when I uh, had a roommate back right around the time the Xbox was out, we each had one and we had our whole house networked and we were able to play like Halo against each other through the LAN part. And we were also able to use certain software to have that LAN experience over the internet by, by basically, uh, I forgot the, the name of the program, but it was basically IP tunneling and stuff like that, just to, just to make it seem as if you're all under the same local area network. But not every game supports that. So to have true multiplayer, you would need to have something like the Xbox Live environment. Um, I have been swamped the past few weeks, so I actually have three or four of Modern Vintage Gamers videos that I really want to catch up on. So I was able to at least get the point across, but I have nothing else to add. My, my apologies, because I'm actually really interested in this and would love to see something like this happen, not just for the Xbox, for, for other consoles as well. A patch for Mega Man X was just released that takes advantage of the SA1 chip. And if you've been following for a while, um, you'll remember that Vitor Vilela had come up with a way to patch games in order to use Super Nintendo games in order to use the SA1 chip that was added to certain cartridges to offset some of the processing to that in order to get a performance boost. And this was tested both on real hardware with uh, a ROM file swap and on things like the SD to SNES and Mister. And this one takes it uh, allows Mega Man X to take advantage of the speed boost and some interesting other additions like generated passwords are saved into SRAM that's pretty handy um, and then a few things where I'm, I'm I guess they're calling it quality of life improvements but I'm not sure uh, how people would feel about this either way the leg dash is defaulted to the L button sub tanks stop depleting at full health and the double tap to dash is disabled so some people might be really excited about those some people might not prefer them so maybe there's different versions of the patch that could do either way but all i know is seeing any super nintendo game get a performance boost because of a rom hack is i mean that's some of my favorite things in being involved in retro rgb is seeing stuff like this because now we're actually taking games and making a better than original experience um you know there's of course people will argue well is it an accurate experience because you don't have the slowdown don't know and respectfully don't really care in this scenario. I just uh, I want to play Mega Man X with some extra horsepower to it. So if you're interested, please check out Alex's post. And uh, I haven't had a chance to try it yet, but I always liked Mega Man X. So I would really love to maybe sit down on the mister and give this one a try. The MD Fourier team has now released an updated version of the software that runs on Mac OS. There's actually an overall update that brings the software to version 1.01, and with this release also comes the Mac version, and it works exactly like the Windows version. So you play the MD Fourier software via the 240 test suite on your console, you record that and then you take that recording and compare it to another one using MD Fourier. Um, now, in case you can't tell, I've always been a giant fan of this project. Uh, I am so proud to be a supporter on Patreon, and I'm also really lucky that uh, that this team exists now. And I was in their Discord the other day, and I asked a question that was one of those questions that a few years ago I would ask, and if one of my friends didn't happen to know the answer, I would have then spent 
probably a chunk of money and a few days of my life trying to figure out the answer. And now I logged onto their Discord and their team of people answered it in like a minute and a half. So I was blown away and, and appreciative and happy all at the same time that this project exists and the people that are involved in it are continuing to keep up the work. So, you know, everybody involved in this project from the, the developers to the people porting the software to just the testers who who are sharing their information. Thank you all. I'm, I'm going to help as much as I possibly can with the time that I have. But I mean, this is a very cool software. Um, and this has also been an amazing tool in order to to tweak different sound in different projects to make sure that it's accurate to the original. And it's also been a tool to track down good recording equipment, uh, to track down uh, different noise when you're uh, building products and stuff like that. There's a million reasons I love this thing. So I'm going to stop gushing. You get it. I love it. <laughs> Download the newest version if you're a user. Uh, and if you rely on it like I do, please consider supporting the 240p test suite on Patreon. An interesting new project was just announced called the Mega Kiosk, and it's a project to recreate the eight-slot kiosks for Mega Drive and Genesis consoles. And I don't know if anybody remembers seeing them in game stores. Um, I certainly do, and I even think I know one game store that bought one and still uses it. But it's a kiosk that allows you to load up a certain amount of cartridges in it. I can't remember if the original was six or eight. Um, and then it had dip switches that could t- uh, you could set to... Uh, how long each game plays. So this would prevent kids from going into the stores and just playing a game all day for free. Um, And it would cycle through different ones. Uh, And I always thought these were really cool. And in fact, before ROM carts came out, I considered hunting one of these down just for fun, just for the the silliness of it. And I think a lot of other people really appreciate, you know, the weirdness of something like this. Or people with game stores might want to have a recreation for this exact same reason. So um, the, the people who are doing it, I believe it's one developer, Will, uh, the PCB is done and I believe they're getting prototype samples in and then there's going to be a case with it as well. And while it's inspired by the original, um, the board is completely laid out from scratch. It wasn't a recreation of it. So I don't know how people feel about that either way. I'm sure there's some people out there that would want a real recreation of the original for an authenticity point of view. My my opinion on it is if it's a working kiosk that looks the same, it gets the you know it gets the job done. But I like weird projects like this. This obviously isn't something that everybody who owns a Genesis is going to want to buy, but the people that do buy it are gonna are gonna really enjoy it for what it is. And I you know I honestly do hope to see a few of these pop up in game stores just to have that fun same experience that kids uh, might have had back in the '90s when these things really were in game stores. For the second week in a row, Crix has another firmware update for the EverDrive N8 Pro, both the uh, Famicom and the NES versions. He added support for a couple of new mappers and also has a boot last game option. So at cold start, the last played game would be launched automatically, and then you would just use reset or in-game menu to return to the menu. And I, I love that option. I think that that's just really cool because if you're in the middle of playing a game, you come back the next day, you power it on, and it's exactly like there's a real cartridge in there. Or I guess even for testing, there could be a lot of other ways to make things easier. I could just have the test suite load up or something. But I thought that was really cool and I like how both hitting the reset button or the in-game menu would just bring you back to the main menu. Uh, So I guess that would mean if you use this firmware and you load up Super Mario 3, as long as you're power off, power on, it'll always just go to the game 
Whereas if you hit reset at any point, it brings you to the menu. So I like that option. I think that's a pretty cool idea. Um, and I hope he implements it in the other EverDrives as well. But if you have an N8, definitely give it a try. A ROM hacker has just posted a very cool patch for Castlevania Symphony of the Night for the Sega Saturn. This patch uses the 4 meg RAM cart to allow for faster loading, smoother animations, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, Smoke and I had been following this project for a while. He brought it to my attention, and I think this last update, when uh, when Smoke posted it in the Discord, I was like, oh, you got to write a post about this one. This is pretty awesome. So uh, it's... There's a ton of stuff here in the post if anybody wants to go through and read everything that's been added to it and all of the different changes and, and tweaks that you have. But basically, it's a, a, a quality of life improvement for Symphony of the Night for the Saturn. Um, the only thing it can't really fix is the graphics that are uh, off... Uh, I'm trying to think of the right way to describe it. Like the They're the wrong shape for the Saturn's resolution. That's why things like stairs aren't smooth and even, and it I don't think that could be fixed because it would require artwork to be changed. So it would be more than a ROM hack. It would be a, a total rebuilding of the game, I think. But other than that, um, apparently this uh, this is a pretty awesome upgrade. And I've had a lot of people over the years tell me that the next time I play uh, Symphony of the Night, I should try it on the Saturn you know, and accept all all of its shortcomings, but you could play as a different character, I believe. I don't even think I've booted the Saturn version, to be honest with you. Um, I always just played the PlayStation version. So now with this patch, I think the next time I go to play it, I'll give it a fair chance and see what I think of it. But I just really love how ROM hackers are digging in and making these things, you know, adding enhancements to these games that I never thought would have been even been possible. So thanks very much to everybody that works on this stuff. I just posted a video called Introducing the Sega Triple Bypass, which is a little funny to any of you who have been listening for a while because the project's been around for years. Uh, but I held off on making a video for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, um, the project never felt done until now because there were always a few things that were always up in the air. Like, what were the audio levels really supposed to be like? You know, the Sonic's ring sounded a little bit too loud to me, like when you collect a ring than than it did on the original, but other people thought it was fine. And while the video circuit was okay, you know, we were still working on installation techniques. Jose really took the uh, took the lead on that one. And now, finally, after a, a long period of time and after the MD4EA project, we were able to really nail down exactly what you need to do and get a version of the board, the version 2, that makes it exactly equal to or better than the best version of the Genesis, depending on your model and stuff. So even if you have a Model 1, um, I would even recommend, you know, Model 1s with good audio, I'd still recommend doing this because you get to remove aging components or you get to bypass aging components. You get to route the audio to the rear if that's what you choose to do. So it, it really is a complete finished project at the moment. Now, of course, the research and all this stuff will never end. Um, you know, there's already different versions being made. There's already audiophile versions. I spoke to Firebrandex a lot about filtered versus unfiltered, about his double mega project. I didn't talk about that at all in this video because respectfully, I didn't think it fit. I think it would just confuse things. And I think that deserved its own video, which I hope to do at some point soon. But 
point is, um, tweaking of the Genesis will never end. But if you just want a solution that you know is solid, it's definitely ready, and it's in stock, which is another thing. You know, whenever you're talking about smaller projects, people don't order them in runs of 10,000 like they do for major products. So you want to make sure they're in stock uh, so that I don't have a video out and people can't even buy it. But Insurrection Industries has it. The other thing, too, which I, I try to keep reminding everybody, if you have an original triple bypass board, um, I don't think you should upgrade. I think everything's fine. But if you really are a stickler for audio quality, you could replace a couple of components, depending on your model genesis, to even out the levels to be more accurate like the version 2. So you're not going to get you know, quote unquote, better audio and the video circuits the same, but you might have it leveled out a little bit, even a little bit more even. So certainly don't think if you're somebody that took the time to install the original, you're not out of luck. You didn't waste your time. It's still awesome. Uh, but it, you know, you can still tweak it and we're going to be working on documentation for all of this stuff. Um, I was also holding off on this cause I was hoping to launch the wiki with all of the triple bypass documentation, but just so many things have happened in the past six months that it just was impossible. So, you know, all, all plans are off uh, for, or all plans are up in the air, not off. I'm sorry, wrong word. But, you know, all of these things will happen as soon as they can. But I'm so happy to have been part of the project. I'm so happy to have been working with some absolutely amazing people. And um, I really think this is something that, you know, if you're into original hardware, this is something that you should really consider. There's so many other great ways to play games nowadays, and I mentioned even the Mega SG and the Mister in this video. And for some people, that might just be a better solution overall. But if you're one of those people like me that does appreciate and want to use original hardware, definitely check out the Triple Bypass. Uh, and please, please share the video, because I, I worked my butt off on this one, and I'd like to have a lot of people see it. Vanessa just posted a pretty awesome in-depth write-up about the Command & Conquer remaster. Um, and I believe it's going to be an ongoing post and she's going to update it as new news is added to the project. But um, I... I kind of don't even want to talk about it because I don't want to I don't want to not do it justice um, there's a ton of great info that was compiled in here um, and really to keep people up to date as to how the project's happening and everything that's going on with it so if you're a fan of the game and you're, you're looking forward to the remastered edition definitely read through the whole post um, I mean there, there's just a ton of great stuff in here and I don't even want to try to summarize it because I'm not going to do it justice but thanks very much to Vanessa for posting this and anybody interested please check it out Retro Man Cave just posted a video on the origin of CD games and what were the first video games on CD. Um, I haven't had a time to watch it yet, but I know that a lot of different people contacted me and suggested we write it up, uh, and a lot of people really had great feedback about the video. So I don't ever want to lie and, and pretend to talk about something I don't know anything about. I'd rather just admit it and be honest, uh, and I haven't had time to watch it yet. I, I got to just sit down and queue up like two hours of videos that I'd really like to catch up on, but everybody I've talked to about this said they really enjoyed it. So, uh, you know, especially coming from the, the people that recommended it and Vanessa definitely gave it a thumbs up. So if you're into this stuff and the history of, of media, which I definitely am, please give it a try. 
Todd from Todd's Nerd Cave just posted an article titled Original Xbox Storage Upgrade Shootout. And it was meant to squash a lot of different myths about storage upgrades for the original Xbox. And I loved the post. Um, There were some things on there that I I would have guessed, some things I already knew, but I've never seen it put together in one place like this. And I certainly don't want to, you know, no spoilers, but some spoilers, I guess. Um, He went through and tested an original Xbox hard drive or about what you would find at that time uh, a one terabyte desktop SATA drive a laptop SATA drive an SSD and then flash media um, and all of which uh, performed quite differently and the winner uh, I kind of expected would be the SSD I just didn't expect that the SD card would have performed as bad as it did um, I knew it wasn't going to be great because anybody that sat there waiting for you know stuff to copy back and forth from your your camera or anything like that knows how slow SD cards could still be. Uh, but the the SSD really stood ahead. And uh, I think that would be my choice um, for when I remod an Xbox again. The other thing that he wrote about was the 80-pin uh, IDE cable. And that was something that I had always remembered from, you know, always just being a nerd working in IT. But um, I think the only difference, and I could be wrong, but I think the only difference in speed between a 40-pin and an 80-pin IDE cable is when both the DVD drive and the hard drive are being accessed at the same time. I don't think you're going to get a speed difference if it's just one, such as people that um, jailbreak the Xbox and load ROMs on there. So, uh, you know, glad that these myths are being squashed, glad that this good information is being archived. Um, and if you, you know, if you're into the original Xbox at all, definitely check this one out for me personally i am uh i will be getting back into that at some point soon my talk with modern vintage gamer really sparked that as did the chimeric adapter um and i will be doing an ssd uh and a, a soft mod to it with an actual bios flash not just the soft mod so um definitely check out the article though great stuff and i'm, I'm really happy to see info like this archived well that's it for this week As always, thank you to everybody that watches, listens, that participates nicely in the comments. I really do enjoy reading all the interesting discussions each week and all that. And of course, and especially, thank you so much to everybody that supports on Patreon and Floatplane, because it's your support that's keeping all of this stuff and all of the research and development that I'm involved with going. So thank you all very much, and I'll see you next week. 